Back on show 187, we tackled the 15 questions we consistently get around options expiration. Today, we're taking a slightly different approach and addressing head-on the 18 biggest questions and concerns traders have around options assignment and exercising, whether on or before expiration itself. So regardless of your trading experience level, seasoned investor or complete newbie, I promise you that today's episode will help you more clearly understand and navigate any future options assignment or options exercise situations you might find yourself in. After all, this is part of the business, and if you trade long enough, you'll have to manage through this dozens of times. You're listening to the Option Alpha podcast from optionalpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at optionalpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from optionalpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you consistently play smarter, more profitable trades. So thank you so much for tuning in today. On today's show, number 192, like I said, we're going to be doing a deep dive on options assignment and options exercising. And it's a little bit different than show 187 because show 187, which I referenced in the intro, was specifically dealing with options expiration. And although we're going to kind of cross some of the same lines a little bit, today's show focuses specifically on how to navigate a little bit better the questions and the concerns around options assignment and options exercise. Again, whether that happens before the expiration date itself or not. And so that's going to be the focus of today's podcast. Just one quick note on today's show. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, if you like the podcast, as always, I know I say this in the intro and we have this in the music, but please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play or Spotify or wherever you listen to it. We're almost at a thousand reviews on Apple and it'd be great to get there by the end of the year. That's our personal goal. So if you haven't yet left us a review, if you like the show, you don't like the show, whatever, leave us a review there. We would really appreciate it. So before we jump in here, we'd have to talk about this topic as being an eat the frog type of moment for traders. And I I say this with all sincerity because what happens with most people when I start talking about options assignment or options exercise, their eyes glaze over and they think that they don't have to deal with this that this is just something that you know comes up for other people but not for them but as anyone who's followed the news and specifically the news around the poor robin hood trader that was a young kid who essentially committed suicide over an issue that happened around assignment and exercising of contracts i now take this extremely seriously this is a life or death matter truly for most people who trade options and whether hopefully nobody takes it to that extent anymore or they just don't know how to deal with it and just freak out and liquidate positions without understanding it. This is why this podcast to me is personally so important. So I say it's an eat the frog moment because if you've ever read the book and it's on habits and doing daily activities and things, this idea that if you let something fester and stew, it just becomes this big, slimy, ugly frog that eventually you're going to have to eat. You're going to have to eat it and it's not going to taste good and it's going to be terrible. So you can either think about it right? And like worry about eating the frog later on. And then it just swells in size and just stinky, ugly frog. 
or you can just choose to eat the frog right now. Just choose to buckle down, like hunker in, and try to figure out exactly what questions and concerns you have around options, assignment, and exercising. Go through this podcast, make sure that you get all those questions answered so that anytime it comes up in the future, you're ready to go, right? And this is what, again, most traders don't do. Most traders don't take the time now to listen to this or research it or do whatever you need to do to prepare yourself for the inevitable situation. And I say that because inevitably you trade long enough, it's going to happen multiple times and it's not that big of a deal. People make it out to be way more of an issue than really what it is. So as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be going through our discussion today using 18 questions to help build context and structure around this whole discussion. And at some point, multiple times or a handful of times, people have asked a variation of these questions or these questions specifically. I guarantee if you're a trader, you've asked yourself these questions a number of times before in your mind. So we're going to use this as the framework of our discussion today. As always, you can get all the show notes over at optionalpha.com slash show 192. Again, that's just the number 192, optionalpha.com slash show 192. So first question that people ask is, do I have to exercise my option contract to take profits? This is a, a big one. And the answer to this question is no, you don't have to exercise your option contract in order to take profits. Most people, when they start understanding what option contracts are, this leveraged instrument and derivative that sits essentially on top of an underlying security, they think to themselves that the only way then to profit from a move in the underlying security is to exercise that contract and convert it into the underlying shares. But as you potentially know, or maybe you don't know, but as a trader, you can definitely convert the contract by exercising it, but you can also just simply trade the contract itself back and forth. In fact, most of trading essentially is this with options. It's not actually the conversion of that option contract into the underlying shares. It's just the physical swapping of the contracts themselves back and forth between traders. So again, to answer question number one here, do I have to exercise my option contract to take profits? No. If you have an option contract that's gone up in value and has increased in value and you want to realize that profit, just simply trade the contract with somebody else before expiration. So you trade that contract to somebody else who might want to take the other side of that trade right now for a different reason. All right. So question number two here is how can I tell if I'll be assigned stock when trading options? And this one's a little bit tricky because you can never know for sure when you're going to be assigned an option contract. And we're specifically talking about people who sell option contracts and then later have to buy back those option contracts or let them expire before expiration in order to capture a profit. So the worry here is that if I'm trading this option contract, how do I know if I'm going to be assigned or not? And again, it's a little bit tricky because we don't know for sure if an assignment will come before expiration. We know for sure that if the option expires in the money, then assignment will come. But anytime before expiration, for most of those contracts that you're trading, the option buyer has the choice to assign that contract to you or not. And so they hold on to that choice. They don't have an obligation to do it five days before expiration or 10 days before expiration. They can choose to hold on to that and they can choose to do it early and they can choose not to do it at all. What I always tell people though is think about what they're giving up 
if they were to assign that contract early. And this is a really important point. So if I'm an option buyer and I have a contract that expires in 30 days, if I have an opportunity to take a profit, would I be better served to convert the contract into the underlying shares and then liquidate the position that way, therefore foregoing any potential premium that that option contract still has available because it's 30 days away from expiration? Or am I better served just to simply reverse the option contract trade, sell the contract to somebody else? And if you walk through that logic and think about it from the opposite person's perspective, i.e. the option buyer, then you'd realize that it really is detrimental to them when given a choice to exercise the contract early when there's either A, a lot of time value, B, a lot of volatility value, right? Or C, just a lot of extrinsic value made up of the combination of those two interest exposure or whatever that's left in the contract. So if you are looking at a position where you're wondering if you're going to be assigned early on the position, you have to take it from the other side and ask yourself, is the option buyer in a position where they'd be willing to give up all of the extrinsic value still left in the contract in order to go through the exercise and assignment process? If it's 10 days before expiration and there's still $15 of extrinsic time and volatility and interest value in that contract, they're better served not exercising and just simply reversing the option contract trade and going on their merry way, which doesn't impact you. They're just reversing the contract with somebody else. But it's only until the last couple of days of expiration, the last week of expiration, and then the last couple of days to be more specific, that all of that extrinsic time value starts to approach zero. And so now you get into a situation where if the option contract is deep in the money or has almost no extrinsic value left in it. So a penny, two pennies left. Yeah, you're probably increasing the likelihood, though it's not a sure thing, but you're increasing the likelihood that that contract gets assigned to you earlier in the process versus at expiration itself. So that's the big thing that you have to think about is there's no guarantee. There's definitely people who could just come along and they could just, for whatever reason, just decide to assign a contract. But if they do that, they're basically forfeiting all of the extrinsic value that's still left in that contract before expiration. All right, question number three here is what to do when a short leg of a put spread is assigned? And you could basically interchange this for a short leg of any spread that you're trading, a call spread, an iron condor, an iron butterfly. Basically, what do you do if one of those legs are assigned? Now, the first thing that you have to contend with is the capital side of it. So you've got to have enough capital in your account to hold on to that particular equity position, whether it's a long equity position or a short equity position, you've got to have the capital to hold on to it. If you don't, then you just simply reverse all the components of your trade. And when I say this, think about what you're doing if you have to reverse the components. So take our short put spread example. If we're assigned the short put spread leg, that means that we're long stock at the strike price of our short put option. So we have to have had in our account, and let's assume we don't, we don't have enough capital in our account to hold the long stock position that we were assigned. We simply reverse the long stock position and the brokers let you do it the same day. And then we sell out of the long put option that we still have that's acting as protection. So remember with a short put spread, 
we sell a put option, then we buy a put option at a lower price. We got assigned on the higher strike put option. We need to sell out of the long put option that's lower because it probably has some value left in it. Now, a lot of people might just leave that put option on, but you're just left with a long put option. If you want to do that, you can do that as well. But if you don't have the capital in your account to manage the position, it's better just to reverse all the components one by one. And notice how we don't freak out when we go through this process. We just literally take each component and rewind or unwind each position in and of itself. We reverse the stock position and we sell out of the long put position that we have. Now, let's assume that you actually do have the capital to manage this position. You get assigned all this long stock. You have the capital to hold on to the long stock. In my book, this is still effectively the same position that you would have had before. Before you got into this, you had a short put option position and you had a long put option position to create a spread. Now all that's happened is essentially the components have changed slightly from being an option contract to an equity position. So now your short put that you're assigned converts over into equity. It's still essentially the same position. You had an option contract which controlled 100 shares of stock. Now you actually physically have the 100 shares of stock, but essentially it's going to behave and react very similar to what is already happening in the position. It's just the components have shifted a little bit and changed a little bit of their dynamics, again, from being an option to the actual equity. But the put option that you have on the long leg of your spread still acts as protection. It still effectively sits there as the check and balance, the protection, the insurance against your long stock position. So I think what happens is a lot of people, when they get assigned, one leg of a position, they assume that the position's just a blowout, like it's just over and done. But all that happened is, is the position got transformed and converted on one component. And you still should treat it like a combined position. You have now long stock with a long put option as protection. It's still effectively going to behave very much the same way. So this is really important because again, what you don't want to do in these situations is you don't want to freak out when this happens and then just start placing a bunch of market orders to try to reverse everything. You have to take it in each individual component leg by leg. All right, number four here is can I still be assigned stock after I close my option trade? Simple answer to this one is no. Once you have reversed all of the option positions in your portfolio. Let's say you have a spread and you reversed all of the components of that spread. You didn't leg out of it. You just simply close the whole thing. Once you've closed the position, they can't come back and say, oh, wait, now you're being assigned the contract, right? Assignment only happens if you have an existing position right now, or if you let a position go through the expiration process and it's in the money. So that's when you're going to be assigned. It can't happen after you've already closed an existing position. But again, a lot of people have that question, that fear that that would happen, but it's just not true. It just can't happen after that point. All right, number five here is, can you exercise your long option contract at any time? The answer to this question is yes, with an asterisk. And the asterisk is if the option contract that you're trading is an equity option contract. Because if it's an index option contract like SPX or RUT or NDX, those are all cash settled, which means that you cannot 
exercise those officially because they just settle to cash at the end of the expiration period. But for most option contracts that people are trading, SPY, Tesla, Apple, Coca-Cola, whatever, all of those contracts, if you are the long option contract buyer for a put or a call option, you have the opportunity if you want, again, this is your right but not your obligation, to exercise that contract at any point between now and expiration. You can choose to do it early in the cycle. You can choose to do it the day before expiration. You can choose to let the option contract go all the way through the expiration process and settle in the money, which means that it will be automatically converted over and exercised by your broker. But that is your choice. You can choose to do that or not. And again, you can choose to just sell the contract itself and just reverse the trade. Remember though, if you do choose to exercise your contract early before expiration, take a look at what the extrinsic value is of that contract. The value that is not intrinsic or in the money right now. Because the second that you assign that contract to somebody else and you exercise and assign it to the option seller, you're forfeiting that value. So it would be better for you in many cases to just simply reverse the trade and sell the contract itself to somebody else, not to exercise the contract and convert it to underlying stock. Okay, number six here, and this is a really big one. I I would say that we get this one almost daily. It feels like in support. I know that we get this one a lot, but the question here is, are options automatically assigned when the strike price is breached? And the simple answer to this, and hopefully if you've listened this far, if you're an options newbie, the simple answer to this one is no. Just having the strike price go in the money by itself does not automatically mean that the option contract is assigned. The strike price being in the money only matters when you are at expiration itself. Once the contract is at expiration and now there's no more time left, then yes, anything that is in the money that you let settle in the money can go through the assignment process. So that's why it's so important that you manage positions heading into expiration so that anything that is in the money, you take advantage of reversing the trades so that you don't let it go through expiration and be assigned unless you want to. The beautiful thing about this, and I haven't even mentioned this on a lot of the questions that we've had, but all of this can be programmed in very easily to the automated trading platform that we have. So you can let the bots make these decisions automatically for you heading into expiration. In fact, one of the ones we go through on the demos that we do is a management style of checking to see if the position is five days or 10 days or two days from expiration. And if it is, and the strike price is being breached, then it can automatically close the position for you and manage the contract early. So a lot of that, I guess, like fear and worry that people have around expiration can definitely be offloaded to the automated trading platform and to the bots because we've built that logic in. It's really easy to do with these automations. All right, number seven here, is it possible for an out-of-the-money option contract to get assigned? Yes, it's definitely possible that it could happen. I'm not going to say like it's absolutely never, never, never going to happen. Yes, somebody could randomly come along and they could definitely assign a contract that's slightly out of the money or a little bit out of the money. And they would probably be in the wrong for doing that because the contract being out of the money in and of itself suggests that they are better off to just simply 
buy the underlying stock at the current price versus converting an option contract that's out of the money. So let me give you an example. Let's say that the stock that we're trading is trading for $100 a share, and we have a 101 call option that we sold short. So the call option buyer can choose to automatically exercise and assign us on our 101 call option. But why would they do that? They would essentially in that situation buy stock at 101 from us when they could just easily go out into the open market and buy stock at the price that it's trading at right now, which is $100 a share. So this is why I say for all intents and purposes, an out of the money contract is really, I'd say never, but almost never can be exercised early or assigned early because it's just simply out of the money. Now, that doesn't mean that can't happen as it's getting close or if there's you know some news event or somebody just hits a wrong button and they just exercise a contract for sure it could happen, but it's highly unlikely that it does. All right. Number eight here is how do I keep my covered call stock position from being assigned? Well, a lot of the same logic applies. Just now we have to deal with a covered call position. You still have to think about it in terms of the option buyer on the other end. So if you have a stock position, you sell a covered call against that, again, which you can do automatically on our auto trading platform, the option buyer is really who determines when the call option gets assigned to you. And they would only do that when there is a lot of extrinsic value that's been wasted away close to zero and more likely when they're closer to expiration. So can you ever prevent it from happening? Not necessarily. It could still technically happen any time before expiration, but the likelihood of it happening if the call option is out of the money and or if the time until expiration is still a couple weeks out, 10 days out, and there's a lot of extrinsic time and volatility value still in the contract, the likelihood that that call option buyer is going to assign the contract to you is pretty low. So can you prevent it? No. But again, take the other side of it. Think about how a call option buyer would think through that process if you're worried about a particular position. Number nine here is, can options be assigned before expiration? Simple answer to this question is 100% yes. Option contracts, especially equity option contracts, can be assigned before expiration. Most of the assignment that happens, and we talked about this, I believe on a previous podcast, I know we talked about this with some people that we've had on from OCC, et cetera. Most of the option contracts that are assigned or that are exercised If they happen before expiration, it's usually in the last week of expiration, more particularly in the last couple of days of the expiration cycle. And that's because at that point, now option contracts start trading right towards their intrinsic value. There's no time decay or volatility value anymore. The contract basically has run out of time. Now it's, you know, kind of make it or break it. Like you either decide to exercise the contract or you decide to reverse the trade and move on. So that's why they can be assigned early. But again, most of that happens at the week of expiration and the last couple of days. All right, so we've been through nine of these so far. We're about halfway through. Really quickly again, if you want to get a copy of these, you want to 
check them out again in written format, head on over to the show notes page, optionalpha.com slash show 192. As always, if you guys have any other questions that come up after we do this podcast and you say to yourself, Kirk, I, I don't know the answer to this question, or I'd like to know the answer to this question, let us know. Shoot us a message, tweet at us, email us, whatever. We want to make sure we get your guys' questions answered. Also, just a reminder, we are doing demos for the new auto trading platform every Monday and every Thursday moving forward for the rest of this month. So as we approach our November 1st day where lifetime price goes up, we're definitely doing demos. They've been full. They've been fun. Some of them have gone two and a half, three hours of Q&A. So it's been a long process for sure, but we're having a lot of fun with it. We would love to see you inside of one of those demos. If you want to join one of the demos, just head on over to optionalpha.com slash demo, or you can also get there by going to beta.optionalpha.com and checking out everything that we have on the new auto trading platform. All right, number 11 here. Can you exercise an option contract even if you don't have the buying power for the stock position? Now, this one, I got to be totally honest with you. You have to check with your broker as to what process they go through, but most brokers, most of the big brokers are not going to allow you to exercise a contract if you don't have the buying power to hold the stock position that you're in. So most of the brokers are going to basically just deny that exercise order that's coming over because they know in your account, you don't have enough capital to hold the hundred shares or 200 shares or whatever it is of the option contracts you're trying to assign. So check with your broker specifically just to make sure you understand the process. But I know that some brokers, when they start, even though like the smaller ones that try to come out of the, you know, like out of the gate and try to start and get a lot of market share, sometimes they run into these little issues where they let people assign contracts that don't really have the buying power and it really kind of backfires with them. We did a podcast on this a while back in the same vein, essentially talking about the box spread that one irony man had and Robinhood has essentially banned all of these box spreads because of the situation he got into where he levered up way more than he could possibly handle in a position. And that's why you start to see a lot of these brokers pull back on some of these requirements. All right, number 12 here is why you should not exercise your option contract early. This is a question that we get a lot as well is, okay, if I know that maybe somebody could exercise an option contract early, why wouldn't they exercise their contract early? Again, we're going to step on a lot of the similar toes of other questions that we've had here, but you wouldn't exercise your contract early if exercising your contract early means that you lose or forfeit some extrinsic value that's left in that contract. So if I'm an option buyer and I have the choice to take profits by reversing the actual contract itself, selling the contract to somebody else, or exercising that contract early, I would only choose to exercise that contract early if doing the alternative, which is just trading the contract back to somebody else, meant that I was in the same financial position, that I wasn't worse off by any stretch. But in many cases, pretty much all cases until you head to expiration itself, if I'm an option buyer, it is financially better for me to just simply reverse the trade because when I reverse the contract itself and sell the, say, call option contract to somebody else, I'm able to capture all of that extrinsic value that's still left in the contract because it's wrapped up in the option price. But the second I try to go and convert and exercise it early, I'm forfeiting all of that extrinsic value early. And so essentially I'm in a worse financial position 
than if I had just simply sold the contract to somebody else. So that's why people don't exercise early. So even though the option contract may go in the money, right? If you're a call option seller or put option seller, people worry because the option contract goes in the money. But if it's still 45 days, 60 days, 30 days, 15 days to expiration, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to exercise because there's still some time value left in that contract. The option buyers are better off to just simply sell the option contracts to somebody else. Number 13 here, what happens when an index option is exercised? Well, technically index options cannot be exercised early before expiration. So they're what are called European style options, which means that you can only exercise them at the expiration date themselves. They basically auto exercise at expiration. And so index options like SPX and RUT and NDX or anything that's settled like index options, what happens is, is at expiration, the underlying transfer that happens is not for shares or underlying equity in the position that they're trading. Because remember, this is an index. So you can't buy shares of the S&P 500. You can't buy shares of the NASDAQ but you can trade the ETF equivalents, which are things like SPY and QQQ and IWM, et cetera. So when you trade an option contract on an index, there's nothing to actually settle to when you convert the contract over. That's why they don't allow early exercise of these contracts because there's nothing to settle to. They can't just convert the index option into shares of the index because there's no index there to trade. So what happens at expiration is, is it becomes cash settled. And what that means is just the cash value of that contract just gets converted and dumped into your account or taken out of your account if you're on the losing side. So no actual equity gets traded, you know, changed hands, nothing actually happens with the underlying security because there's nothing there to support the index option. It's just basically an option contract based on the value of the index that it's tracking. So that's what happens with those. All right, number 14, why can't you exercise an option without the money to hold stock? That's a pretty simple one. But again, no exchange, essentially, no broker is going to allow you to exercise an option contract to buy 100 shares of stock if you actually don't have the money to buy the 100 shares of stock. It would be like going into, and this is an example I used way back in the day when I started first doing these videos on option contracts. But let's say that I had a coupon to get a dollar off of an Arby's sandwich. Now, everybody who's ever watched any of my earlier videos knows used to love Arby's. Don't go there anymore. I know I'm better now, but let's say that you had a dollar coupon to buy an Arby's sandwich. Well, if you walked in and the Arby's sandwich costs $5 and you had this dollar coupon, which reduced the price to $4, do you think they would allow you to buy the sandwich if you didn't have the $4? Now you have the coupon, the contract that says that you could buy it for a dollar less, but if you still don't have the $4 to actually buy the sandwich, they're not going to let you walk out of there just because you have a coupon that says you get a dollar off. The same general logic holds true with option contracts. If you have an option contract that says you can buy 100 shares of stock, but you actually don't have the capital to hold the 100 shares of stock, the broker is not going to allow that to happen. Now, again, some brokers maybe might allow the initial transaction to happen, but then they might immediately margin call you to deliver additional capital or they reverse the trade the same day. So there's not going to let you continue with that position, basically just trading a bunch of free stock unless you have the capital to hold on to it. 
Number 15, can index options like SPX be exercised? No, we've already gone over this earlier, but it's worth repeating that index options like SPX and RUT, they're not able to be exercised ahead of expiration. They basically auto-exercise right at expiration and they settle to the cash value of the contract at that time. Number 16, is it better to exercise an option or sell it? Well, this really first depends on what your goals are for trading. Some people who trade option contracts, their goal might be to actually take delivery of the shares. That might be the end goal for them when making an option trade. If they buy a long call option, if they sell a put option, they might actually want to take delivery in some cases of the underlying shares. Me personally, I never want to take delivery of the shares if I'm not forced to, right? Because I know that equity is inefficient for what I want to do personally. So therefore, I don't want to trade or mess with the equity unless I have to, basically, unless I get assigned early or have to go through a process to deal with it. So that right there becomes the first, I guess you could say, decision point as to what is better, exercising or selling it. Now, when it comes to the financial position that you are in, when you choose to exercise an option contract or choose just simply to sell it back, that brings us all the way back around again to the decision of whether or not the option contract has extrinsic value remaining. If there's a lot of extrinsic value remaining, meaning time value, it's 30 days from expiration, there's a lot of volatility right now in the stock, so it's got a lot of volatility value, it is always way better to just simply reverse the trade by selling the contract itself as opposed to converting the contract into underlying stock and then trying to reverse the position that way. Because when you sell the option contract itself, like if I have a long call option, I just sell that call option to somebody else and take a profit. I'm capturing all of the extrinsic value that's still left in the contract because I offloaded it to somebody else. So that one's a little bit tricky. First of all, it's got to be, you know, what are your goals for the position? And then the next question is always how much extrinsic value is really left in the contract before expiration? All right, number 17 here is, do stocks expire like options? The answer to this question is technically no. A stock can live forever if the company is still around and the stock is still publicly traded and liquid enough to be traded. The stock can still live forever and doesn't technically expire. Of course, companies do get bought out. They go bankrupt. Things happen. They merge, right? So stocks do, in many cases, eventually stop trading. But a company like GE or Coca-Cola, they've been around for a really long time under the same symbols, trading the same way that it always has. And so technically they don't expire. So this is why people like stocks in all seriousness, because options are hard to manage because options have expirations and you have to make decisions over and over and over again. Again, this is why we built the auto trading platform so that we could start to allow that process, which very easily could be handed off to automation and to technology, start to become part of the mainstream retail trading workflow. And so now what we've tried to do with auto trading is allow those really mundane and kind of complicated clunky processes at the end of every month or every quarter or every year start to become something that could be automated in your portfolio. All right. And the last question we have here is what happens when an option is assigned early? So there's a couple things that happen actually. 
the first thing that happens is that the order gets routed through the OCC and the OCC basically clears the trade and randomly assigns another member broker who randomly assigns a customer and the whole process is random. So it's not that somebody is just looking at you and saying, look, I want to assign just you and then they assign you. No, they just assign their contract and then it goes through the process, which we detail in one of our courses and that randomly gets assigned to an option seller of that same contract and month and strike, et cetera. So that's the first thing that happens is the process of by which the assignment happens is totally random. The second thing that happens is that the conversion of the option contract to the underlying shares takes place. So if I am an option buyer and you listening to this podcast are an option seller, if I have bought a call option and you have sold me that call option, when I exercise my contract and assign it to you, now the conversion happens where I have said, I want to now buy shares at the strike price, which means that you have to sell shares at the strike price. Now, if you have them, they get removed out of your account, right? If you already have the shares in your account, they just get taken from your account and transferred to me. Or if you don't have the shares, you basically go short stock at the strike price and sell the shares to me at the same strike price. So the second part of the process is the actual physical conversion of option contract to underlying equity position. And then from there, it just becomes a matter of if you have enough capital to manage these positions moving forward. If I'm the option buyer and I choose to exercise my contract and assign it to you, I would have already had to have the capital to hold the position for most brokerages. If you are on the other end as an option seller, you get assigned a contract and you don't have the capital to hold on to it, the brokers allow you that day usually to reverse the trade, cover the position if you need to, basically buy back the shares in the open market and remove the need to bring in capital. And if not, then you just have to transfer money to hold on to the position or basically you get your margin call that says, hey, you need some more money in this account if you want to hold on to this position. But those are the main two processes that happen when options are assigned early ahead of expiration and exactly the same process actually that happens when you actually get to expiration. It's just not forced from one party to another. It's just done automatically because now we're at expiration itself. All right. So that was 18 of the biggest questions that we get around options assignment and expiration. If you enjoyed this, please let us know. If you have other questions, you said to yourself, man, these 18 questions were good, but I have another question or have another version of a question. Please let us know. Hit us up on social media, shoot us an email, send us a tweet, a message, whatever to get your question answered. This is an eat the frog moment. Don't use this opportunity and let it blow by you and then think to yourself, oh, I'll worry about it later on. I'll get my question answered later on. No, use this opportunity right now to figure out exactly what questions you have so that you take care of this big, nasty, yucky frog that's kind of sitting and staring at you in your face. Eat that frog right now so that you're better prepared moving forward because eventually it's going to happen. If you trade long enough, it is going to happen. It's just a matter of time and you want to be prepared for that event when it happens to you. Again, you can get all the show notes by heading over to optionalpha.com slash show 192. Again, that's just the number 192, optionalpha.com slash show 192. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question.
Hello, Kurt. Uh, my name is Brad. I've been uh, trading options since March of 2018. Initially, I had not discovered Option Alpha. Sometime around in April, I discovered it. I've been listening to a couple of other guys. There was really no comparison after I went through some of your free video training. I later just joined as a basic member, and uh, it's really been great for me. I started with Iron Condors and have really settled in on um, Iron Butterflies for the moment. I know no one strategy is good forever, but you know I like the potential return on Iron Butterflies. I feel like I'm in a good rhythm with uh, using IV rank, position size, diversifying across different uh, ETFs, using profit targets. Laddering has been particularly important with really understanding you know, how to move with the market, rolling for credits, going inverted when it's absolutely necessary. So I really feel like I'm in a good rhythm. I do have one question, though. Well, not one, but today's question is, when I am laddering into a position, let's say it's EWW, I'm laddering in, the market is moving up, um, I'm taking my uh, unchallenged position, let's say my put side, short strikes, I'm moving them up, you know, with the market as I'm laddering in. And my question is, I understand the relationship between the short strikes and needing to move with the market. But is there anything that we need to watch out for related to where we set the short strikes as compared to the long strikes on the other positions on that same security, that same EWW as I'm laddering in? Are there any no-nos relative to where I put that new short strike that I'm moving with the market and the long strike on the other positions, the other iron butterflies that I have? So that's my question. Thanks for everything. Keep it up. It's uh, great. Thank you very much. All right. Hey, Brad, man. First of all, thank you so much for your kind words. Really appreciate it. As always, so great to hear that all the training and the videos that we have are helping out. When it comes to laddering into positions and specifically some of the no-nos in relation to laddering, I think the one that you have to think about more broadly in your particular case is the relationship between the short put strikes and the long put strikes. So if you start with a really wide iron condor and then you get a couple laddered entries, you enter a position today and enter another position next Wednesday and another position the Wednesday after that, that's fine so long as you don't start to invert your short strikes. And to me, that's really kind of the big one that's not necessarily a no-no because you can do it and it's a technique that you can use as you get closer to expiration to reduce risk and start to turn the position around potentially. And we've covered this before on the podcast, but you don't want to do that right off the bat and you definitely don't want to do that without knowing that you're actually going through that process. So what I talk about inverting positions, what I'm talking about is at some point adding a laddered entry where the short put option that you're trading is at a higher strike than your short call option. So if your initial iron condor position is the 95 short put and the 105 short call, you don't want to get into a situation unless you are deliberately doing this as part of an adjustment strategy where you sell a 107 short put option. That short put option now is above the 105 strike call option that you're short and now you have an inverted position. Again, it's not saying that it's 
bad or it's totally a no-no type thing, but it's definitely not something you want to mess up doing and not know that you are trying to do that in the process. So that would be the one thing I would watch out for. The other thing you can just generally watch out for is just to overlapping strikes. So if you meant to sell something and that actually reversed another position that you had where you were already long those contracts or you doubled down on some contracts that you were long, just Again, try to understand exactly where those overlaps are going to be with the long and the short wings of the positions that you're trading. Otherwise, it's not that big of a deal. You can continue to make these processes a lot more automatic with automation. And we thought about all this as we built out the new auto trading platform, the ability to check all these strikes and check the relationship between strikes and the delta values and the you know existing positions that you have. The bots can do all of this as long as you tell it what to do and what to look for. All right. So thanks, Brad, so much for submitting your question here. If you want to get your question answered here on the podcast, please head on over to optionoff.com slash ask and click the big red button in the middle of the screen and leave me a private voicemail just like Brad did here. It takes two seconds to do. It goes right to me. There's no software to download or install, and it's super, super easy. We just queue them up for the next podcast. So let's get into the closing bell segment where we're going to discuss a new trade that we made in QQQ. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so a new trade that we made in QQQ, and this was actually on Friday, September 25th, when I'm recording this podcast. We made a trade in the queues where we actually went long with a put spread position. So we sold a put spread position just below where the queues are trading. And at the time that we're doing this right now, the queues and the NASDAQ, basically tech in general, has had a really big pullback. And I would say, frankly, a healthy pullback. It really needed to have a pretty decent pullback to get to some, I would say, relatively better levels without just going through this whole parabolic move that it seemed to be in as it was heading into September. So now that we've gotten through September, which was not too good for the NASDAQ and for tech in general, now it seems like the queues are starting to go through a little bit of a bottoming process. The queues are trading around 270 or so. And so what we're going to do is we're going to sell the 255 put strikes and buy the 245 puts and sell that put spread for a $2.64 credit. We're doing a couple contracts here. This gives us generally a bullish outlook because we're targeting around a 30 delta for this put spread position that gives us about a 70, 72% probability of success on this trade. Now, if the queues do continue to move down and they don't actually stop here, which could happen for sure, then what we would do is simply convert the position over into an iron butterfly. So if our short strikes get breached between now and November expiration and the queues start to move down, basically take out their recent lows, start to head towards our 255 short put options, what we can do is just simply convert the position over into an iron butterfly. But I like doing this this way in some cases where you have some directional positions that you can take off early if you get the move the right way in the underlying that you're actually trading. One cool thing to note here is that all of this process that I do manually now can actually be done through the bots. We've talked about this a number of times. And again, if you haven't joined a demo, head on over to optionalvacom slash demo, check out a demo because we walk through this, but you can actually program into your bots just with our drag and drop recipes, the ability to go through adjustments and hedges like this automatically. So what I would do in this case, and we have one of these that we go through in the demo, a a bot that manages the position just like this, is I would say to the bot, 
if the position that I'm trading right now reaches a 50% profit, take profits. But if it doesn't reach a 50% profit where I have an opportunity to take a profit and the short put leg that I sold, in this case, the 255 gets breached or challenged. So basically the Qs start trading at or below 255, then go out and sell the opposing call spread. And all of that process as complicated as it might seem or sound as you're listening to this, can actually be done in a few very simple automations right inside our new auto trading platform. And that is what's so cool about it is that if you're listening to this right now, you can basically have an opportunity to clone a template that already has this management style pre-built into it. And then you just have to put in what trading strategies you want to use or what tickers you want to use or how much you want to get for premium. But that whole management style and process is now clonable inside of a template that you can reuse over and over again. So cool. So amazing. Hope you guys uh, really enjoy it. But right now we're doing this trade on the queues and I, I think it's going to be a good trade. If tech does a little bit of a bounce here, which it could for sure, then uh, this trade has an opportunity to make some money just pretty quickly and we can roll the position off and, and just continue moving on our way. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so that's a wrap for this week's podcast episode here at Option Alpha. But before you go, let's keep the conversation going. Please connect with me on your favorite social media platform and let me know what questions, ideas came to mind after listening to today's show. Also, want to let you guys know what we've got coming up. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about an automated way to start hedging with VIX options and going to look at our flash crash hedge bot that we basically built. If you've been in the demos before, you've seen this, but we're going to walk through it a little bit more here and kind of talk about the different ways in which you could use hedging with automation and bots moving forward. Also, if you haven't heard yet, we are giving away a Tesla. Yes, it's totally true. We're giving away a Tesla to the person who refers the most people to our waitlist between now and February 1st when our official launch date is. And let me tell you, people are going bananas over this, referring people on Twitter, on Facebook, sending emails. You just got to go to beta.optionalpha.com. If you're already on the waitlist or if you haven't signed up, grab your custom link right there. So once you sign up, you'll get a custom link that's just for you that you can use to send it to your friends and to your family. And to me, the best part about this is, is that you're actually doing them a good service. You're actually referring them to something that helps save them time, make better decisions, better execution on positions. They don't have to trade or invest on hunches and gut emotions anymore. So it's truly a win-win type of warm referral that you can give to your friends and family. And again, the person who refers the most people to us between now and February 1st gets a brand new Tesla. So again, check out all the details of the contest and then the giveaway that we're doing by heading over to beta.optionalpha.com and then clicking on any of the links for the Tesla giveaway. As always, hopefully you guys truly enjoyed today's show. Got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to help you consistently play smarter, more profitable trades. And until next time, happy trading.